0: everybody ready let's get rolling
1: this is the big show on 97.5 1280 the
2: zone in the zone sports network 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Hansel ah did it Gordon Monson, Scott Gerrard. That's three, but that's
0: okay. That's three that we know of.
2: May have caught, may have been a little, uh, may have been uh, some others in there.
0: Are you that guy who's driving down the road and uh, uh, g- passes over f- four, mi- four miles and you don't realize what just happened for the past two minutes?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Happens all the time sounds like you're that kind of guy too i think it happens to a lot of
2: people it happens to the best of us uh-huh. all right joining us now talking a little college football stuart mandel one of the best when it comes to covering the sport kind enough to join us on the sprint special guest line stuart how are you i'm great how are you guys i'm doing well uh, i want to go to uh, a conversation I, I guess a text exchange uh, with several of your uh, colleagues in regards to the upcoming season and let's start with byu um not a lot of high expectations for BYU this year. Is it because of uh, the schedule or because of the talent that BYU has returning this season?
3: Uh, I think it starts with the schedule. Um, Obviously they do have a lot of question marks to answer, but so do most teams right now. But that's a pretty unforgiving uh, first month of the season. Obviously Utah, Tennessee, USC, Washington, even that game at Toledo. Toledo is going to be one of the better teams, if not the best team in the MAC this season. So, um, I mean, it's just brutal. There's no other way to put it. And so they could be a decent team, but I think that getting to 500 will be a challenge for this team.
0: Yeah, it may be fair. It may be unfair, but 5-7, and uh, Scotty and Stewart, I don't think Kalani Sataki survives that, do you?
3: I wouldn't think so. Not after the, uh, uh, you know, he's been digging out of a hole from the, from two seasons ago. Obviously, they got a lot better last season, but if they take a step back and don't reach a bowl game you know i think that'll definitely be problematic but uh you know as they this schedule is not set up to have obviously a dream season kind of year um but i do think i mean, i think a bowl game is certainly attainable but it's definitely going to involve beating a couple teams it's certainly going to involve beating at least one or two of those power five teams in the first month Stuart
2: Mandel, kind enough to join us right here on 97.5 1280 the zone where are you on utah are you drinking the uh, utah kool-aid like a lot of other people are
3: I am. I'm just a little worried because it seems like everybody else is. I have yet to see a, uh, a set of preseason predictions that had somebody else winning the Pac-12 South. So to go from, you know, finally uh, reaching the title game last year to the unanimous pick this year makes you uh, a little nervous. I noticed that uh, on The Athletic, Chris Kamrani's mailbag today, Utah mailbag, two of the questions were about people worried that they might be uh, – how are they handling being the favorite, you know, the high expectations for this season? But at least in terms of the football, uh, especially in that division, they appear to be the most complete team. And in fact, um, you know, the team that I picked to win the Pac-12.
0: By the way, Stuart, congratulations on hiring Chris Kamarani. He is a major talent. I think you're going to like his work.
3: We're thrilled to have Chris. Yeah, he's been yeah. going for about a month now doing great work.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is a funny question to ask, but what the hell's wrong with USC? And will Urban Meyer end up coaching that team?
3: Well, you know, the problems at USC start at the very top. It's really been uh, just a comedy of errors by that administration. In the last couple of years, they've been dealing with, you know, various scandals on the university front. But in terms of the athletics department, they hired a guy in Lynn Swan who was not remotely qualified for the AD job. Uh, he was a little bit... Um, saddled with the fact that his predecessor, Pat Hayden, gave Clay Helton a five-year guaranteed contract um, when he probably, you know, didn't need to. But then Lynn Swan made it even worse by giving him a big extension. So they kind of just stuck with him. Uh, and some people might, on the outside might say, well, wait a minute. He took him to a Rose Bowl win. He took him to the Pac-12 title. What's so bad about Clay Helton? The USC fans have the highest of expectations. They expect to be a national title contender. And they haven't and even before last year, you know they weren't at that level. Every time they would play an, um, an Ohio State in the bowl game or Alabama in Arlington, they would just get crushed. So uh, they're, they, you know this has probably gone a year on too long. I rarely can remember a coach who, not that he's coaching for his job, it's that everybody seems to have already fired him, uh, and it's just waiting for the for the implosion to happen. But Urban Meyer. Um, it's going to be the storyline that hovers over this whole season because he's going to be there in LA every week on a set with Reggie Bush and Matt liner. Uh, you know, if, if Clay Helton gets off of a rough start, the questions are going to start very early and we just don't know if that's what he wants to do. I think he, uh, urban is a guy who believes what he believes at that moment. And I'm sure he believes right now he's not going to go back to coaching because of the health issues, but we'll see if he still feels that way. Um, halfway through the season, if he's tired of sitting behind a desk.
0: One of the problems at SC is is a question, right, raises a question that we often ask, and I wanted to ask you. They had a scrimmage the other day, and uh, they say that the freshman kid down there is the one that looked the best. Uh, how difficult is it in this day and age for a freshman to come in and make an impact? I know there have been examples of that around the country, but it, it doesn't happen all that often, does it?
3: With with quarterback or with any yeah, with any at, at
0: quarterback, yeah.
3: Well, I really think we've seen it start to turn in a lot just in the last few years. Uh, you know, over the years, if you were starting a true freshman quarterback, that wasn't necessarily a good thing. I mean, you didn't have a, any better options. But guys are just coming into college so better prepared than ever before. You know, obviously, we saw a true freshman last year in Trevor Lawrence lead his team to the national title uh to the year before obviously only played the second half of the title game but he was a true freshman and then jake Fromm is a true freshman for georgia a couple of years ago um you know i know north carolina is probably gonna be starting one this year a couple other teams so you know they just they come into college better prepared than ever because of the train of private uh, quarterback training and the elite 11th circuit uh and also just because the offenses are much more quarterback friendly than they used to be in college um but you know, I think it's going to create some unfair expectations that everybody thinks their true freshman quarterback is going to be uh, is going to be another Trevor Lawrence. He's the exception. I really, you know, JT Daniels last year for SC really was more what you would expect of a true freshman, a talented true freshman quarterback. He had his moments. I remember, you know, they beat Washington. He beat Washington State. You know, he had a great performance in that game, and that kept them out of the playoff contention. But you know, in the end of the day, USU was five and seven.
2: Stuart Mandel, kind enough to join us from The Athletic. If you have not registered and uh, have your account with The Athletic, I highly suggest you do so. I'm happy to be a subscriber for a couple years now and uh, love every second of it. Uh, you guys are doing some incredible work there. I want to talk a little bit about um, Utah State, uh, hanging with the uh, group of five in the Mountain West, but uh, Jordan loves coming come back for another season. What are your thoughts on uh, Gary Anderson returning to Logan and what this team could do this year?
3: Well, I'm very excited about Jordan Love. I definitely think he has a chance to be, uh, you know, one of the group of five stars this season. I've I've already seen his name pop up on lists of draft, you know, top draft quarterbacks for next year. Obviously, it's an unusual situation though to have not just a coaching change, but to have Gary Anderson coming back. I really thought, as I think I talked to the guys about this a few months ago, that he was done as a head coach after the way things ended at Oregon State. Um, I know there was a lot of tension during that coaching search last year um, where a lot of very important people wanted nothing to do with him and a lot of very important people wanted to, to make sure it happened. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously with Jordan Love, he has a chance, you know, starting with that game at Wake Forest to, um, to have a special kind of season, to, to frankly be in contention for that, you know, group of five uh, New Year's berth. And if so, everybody's going to say they were geniuses for bringing him back.
0: Stuart, when we compare conferences, uh, a lot of people look at the fact that the Pac-12 hasn't had a team in the, in the playoff in a while, and the SEC gets a lot of attention in that regard, and Clemson has brought some of that, but what do you make of what's going on in the PAC 12 is, is it that there is a lot of quality in the conference so that one team can not emerge with a glistening record, or do you think it is a true reflection that the PAC 12 is down?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been down the last couple of years and it showed in, in non-conference and in bowl season, you know, two years ago, they only won one bowl game. Uh, Utah did. So I don't think it's a case of everybody knocking each other off. Now, You know, it is a little funny to me that uh, a decade ago when USC was dominating the Pac-12, everybody complained that it was a one-team conference. You know, now, because you don't have a Clemson or Alabama or Ohio State in that conference right now, it reflects poorly on the whole conference. Because definitely, uh, I mean, look at the ACC. The ACC is no better than the Pac-12, if not worse, as a whole. But they have the reigning national champion in their conference, and and that, you know, kind of everybody benefits by, by association, so um, I you know, on paper going into the season, it doesn't seem like they have that team either this year and, you know, whether are talking about Washington or Utah or Oregon uh, those all have a chance to win the conference maybe sneak into the playoff, they don't seem like um, you know, but they don't seem like obvious top five teams like you have, you know, earlier this decade, so as much as everybody is Uh, And and believe me, if you look at the mailbag questions I get, the comments on our stories, there's a lot of self-loathing going on right now with Pac-12 fans, like they're never going to get out of this cycle. And I just want to say, guys, short memory here. I mean, it was was not that long ago that Marcus Mariota was playing in the national championship game and and Oregon and Stanford would play these huge games where they're both in the top five or top ten. You know, I don't think it'll be long before they're back to that just because of the quality of coaches in that conference right now is very strong.
2: When you look at, uh, well, let's go back last year this time, there were a lot of conversations about if the Pac-12 is going to get back on the national scene, Washington has got to beat Auburn in the opener. Well, Washington didn't. Auburn wasn't particularly great, and uh, and it kind of set the Pac-12 behind the eight ball. Similar situation this year, only it's Oregon playing Auburn. So with that said, how important is that game, not just for Oregon, but for the Pac-12?
3: Yeah, very important, much like last year. You know, this game's not getting quite as much hype as, Uh, I believe Washington and Auburn were both in the top ten last year. Uh, These are going to be more in the – well, the poll just came out. They're in the the teens. I think Auburn's 16th. Um, But that being said, you know, the Pac-12 only gets so many chances to to play and beat a ranked SEC team uh, in a non-conference game. You know, uh, Stanford's playing Northwestern. I don't think Northwestern cracked the poll, but, you know, they won their division last year. They play at UCF and obviously – both them and SC play Notre Dame, you got to win some of those games uh, for the conference to get some respect and for the conference to bleed in the playoff race. You know, the hardest thing for the Pac-12 teams is the schedules they play. Uh, it's not, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that the SEC and ACC have yet to miss the playoff, and they're the two that only play eight conference games. The Pac-12 plays nine, and most of their school schedule pretty ambitiously out of conference. So, you know, you got to win those games uh, because it's unrealistic – It's not very often uh, that a team goes undefeated in Pac-12 play.
0: Stewart, nobody covers college football more than you do. You've been all over this for a long, long time. So the question to you is the AP poll comes out and the usual suspects at the top. Is there enough variation at the top of college football to to keep your interest peaked? Do you think it would be helpful if there were newcomers, fresh blood that would come in more frequently than it does? I
3: think the, the, the problem right now is not that there's, you know, there are, it does seem like there's a small select number of teams that are dominating the sport, too, to be in particular, um, and they're all in the same part of the country. So, when I, you know, if you look back at the history of college football, there's always been, whatever era you're in, uh, there's always two or three programs that were the dynasties of that time, but they were usually a little more spread out. Whether it's Florida State and Nebraska in the '90s, uh, you know, if you go back to last decade, USC would have been considered one of them. You know, now to have all the, the reigning powers in the Southeast and you know the the, the playoff, uh, you know, if my field for this year has three Southeast teams. in it, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. You know, that's not great for fans in the Midwest, of the and Texas and the West Coast. They feel like they're not part of the same sport. So. Uh, now the sport is very popular. The TV ratings for the championships games have by no means been a disaster. Um, you know there is still very strong interest. But uh, you know I thought when Ohio State won the first playoff that that was going to be a sign of things to come and and it would feel like a more of a national sport because remember that was not long after the SEC had won seven in a row. But here we are. It's you know Alabama, Clemson, seemingly every year the number one and two again going into the season. I don't even think if Georgia won, which would be You know, new blood, and I think they could win the national title. I don't know that that'll feel much different because they're another SEC team uh, in that same part of the country.
2: Stuart, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Enjoy the kickoff of the season later this week, and I look forward to catching up with you again here soon.
3: All right. Thanks for having me.
2: Stuart Mandel uh, joining us from The Athletic. Huge fan of his work. Huge fan of the work at The Athletic. Um, I don't get a free subscription, I'm more than happy to pay for it. Uh, much like the Salt Lake Tribune, I think uh, good journalism is worth paying for, and uh, certainly The Athletic is one of them.
0: Yeah, he's been doing that for, I mean, prior to his time at The Athletic. He's just been doing this for a long, long time. It's always fun. We had him on, Austin. what was that? Just like three weeks ago, something like that? Was it longer ago than that? Oh, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, so it's always good to have him bring his insights. So
2: uh, a lot to get to uh, throughout the rest of the program. Roxy Bernstein, we hoping will join us coming up at 530.
0: Had a family uh, thing he had to get taken care of, but hopefully he'll join us.
2: Yeah, we're looking forward to chat with him, one of the best uh, play-by-play voices out there. I
0: want to ask him uh, if he has ever been tempted to say, what the hell just happened during a play-by-play uh, he's moment? Way- He's way more professional than that. Not, you got national acclaim for that. I didn't, I think I got nationally
2: mocked no, for doing that.
0: No, no. Scotty, you're reading that wrong.
2: As I should, by the way. Completely unprofessional.
0: <laughs> what? I don't think so. You hear, was, G- Gordon asked uh, Gregor Bell if he was going to use that line at some point this time. Oh, did you? It was It was the perfect <laughs> Did you really drop Gregor Bell? What was Greg's did, did I say that? Hmm, I think you remember that. But, but here... <laughs> Well, there's a few other words you could have chosen that might have gotten you in real trouble. Yeah, yeah. But but for that moment, Scotty, we were watching that in the studio live, if I remember right. And when you said what you said, it was the perfect thing to say. Because nobody could believe what just took place. What the
2: hell just happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've never heard another play-by-play man say that, say that phrase. It was, uh, I'm not going to lie, there was a certain level of
2: frustration because you want to feel like you're the eyes for your listening audience. And so with that comes a certain level of responsibility to know what the hell just happened. But
0: but, but it was unbelievable what took place. Utah State going up against Colorado State in a game that they had pretty much lost. Yeah, it was
2: Colorado State had thrown the Hail Mary, the official signal touchdown, the celebration commenced. And then all of a sudden, the officials came to midfield. There were some conversations. Then all of a sudden, they announced that a kid stepped out of bounds before catching the ball, immediately making him ineligible. Game was over. Utah State had won. And I'm like, what the hell just happened?
0: Uh, with, uh, Austin, you need to play that at some point. And, and I'm I mean, sorry I, I defamed you, Gordon. It was PK who recently asked Gregor oh, Bell if okay. he would say that. <laughs> all yeah. right. All right. Did he really? I, you want to hear it? I got it here. It's short. I would, I would it's like short. to hear
4: that. Last thing for me before we let you go, Greg, who has the more talented play-by-play guy, BYU or Utah State? <laughs> uh, BYU's got the oldest of the two. How's that? All right. All right. Yeah, Fair that, that I know for sure. At least I think. Wow. It might maybe. I don't know. How old is Scotty?
0: Uh, uh, what are like 41, 42. Yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah, I'm the way hell? older. What yeah. happened? Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. Could you get away with saying what the hell just happened on a BYU broadcast?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think I'd want to try and find out what the outcome would be.
0: Oh, come on, Craig. You could say it. It's in the Bible. I don't know if he could say that what on the mother What the hell chef. just happened?
2: I think he'd get in a little bit of trouble. Yeah? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. A hellfire and damnation. You think? Yeah,
2: Moses would show up in the locker room, right? Moses show up like, "Thou <laughs> shalt not do that, Greg." Nope.
0: All right, oh, five twenty-four. I've known some people who are big-time leaders in uh, a certain faith that uh, know how to sprinkle in a little uh, some colorful expletives your- here and there. Yeah,
2: absolutely. They just won't do it on. Uh, they just won't do it at conference
0: <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Utah State, Colorado State, that's kind of like conference, yeah. yeah. All right, we're live here at Marley's Gourmet Sliders,
2: 3561 West, 114 South. Still have uh, a few more shirts we're giving away, but more importantly, we're giving away fries. You come on down here, tell uh, Sam and his crew, mention the zone, and they will hook you up with a combo, Or and, and you get a combo meal, they'll hook you up with the fries.
4: And these fries are incredible, Sam. Just I mean, they're crazy. two-string fries. It's better than any kind of steak fry or anything like that. They are absolutely amazing and and i mean i think that you got
2: the right crispiness to it It, it's just perfect it's the perfect fry and look there's some good places out there but a lot of people miss badly on their fries and i'm eating these i'm
0: eating these cold oh yeah and they still taste oh they're great
2: yeah yeah and we also serve them hot too if you like hot fries (laughs) well they they arrived here hot but (laughs) yeah let's just let's clarify when we got them they were (laughs) very hot the problem is trying to do a radio show and eat at the same time doesn't doesn't go particularly well uh, the sliders um, are incredible, and you can customize essentially whatever slider you want. Oh, it's yeah. really great. we got something for everybody here.
4: Uh, let's talk about shakes. What's your shake of choice? My shake of choice? I like the BYU Blue Cookie Monster. Oh, really? So you're a cougar, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. Nice. And, I mean, if you're a U and you like to sin, I mean, you've got the red ones as well. <laughs> You don't mix a little liquor in there for the youth fans. Or uh, <laughs> they frowned upon that. <laughs> way to hit
0: the stereotypes. I there,
2: know so. we're all about stereotypes today. Come on down, check it out. Marley's Gourmet Sliders, thirty-five, sixty-one West, one hundred and fourteen South. If you could create your own perfect slider, what would be on it?
4: On um, like thirty patties, you know, a couple pounds of bacon. That's basically
2: <laughs>
0: hey, it. I tried to kill one thing somebody.
2: about
4: it. Is this the handsome Rob that's got the uh, the onions on it? Yeah, yeah, it is. So. Little, I mean, like highly underrated burger topping, mm-hmm. sauteed onions. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I mean they're gourmet. So I mean we we do all the little things on there. We we make it sure it's fresh. It's it's, it's awesome.
2: not like something you're sticking in a microwave and then thrown out
0: there. I mean this is you guys put the work in on this. Oh stuff. yeah, oh yeah. And, and the the bread is really good too. It right? is. It's it's is nice. that freshly baked or so? Are you back there baking bread? I'm, yeah, I mean we can
2: if we want. <laughs> hey, one thing. We, and and I, I apologize. We've neglected this. Uh, I, and I have been, I've had a ton of the sliders. Sadly, DJ and PK do the morning show, so they've been the recipient of the breakfast burritos and the
4: breakfast. You guys take a lot of pride in the breakfast. Oh, yeah. Our breakfast is just as fantastic as our lunch and dinner. And something that we also do on Saturdays, we do our fresh cinnamon rolls every single Saturday. No kidding. I've
0: okay. never had the breakfast here, man. Tell us about it.
4: We got French toast. We got pancakes. Like you mentioned, we got our breakfast sliders. We also have our burritos. I've heard the burrito is just Incredible. Oh, it really all is. of it's great, but yeah. I've,
2: I talked to uh, one of our guys that said the burrito, you just don't come back from that the same person. No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it change changes you forever. It changes your life. Yep. <laughs> all right. Come down here, Marley's Gourmet Sliders, 3561 West, 114 South, here in South Jordan. This is 97.5, 1280 the zone. 97.5, 12.80, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson alongside Scott Gerard. <clears throat> I'm just here riding coattails. No, I appreciate you sitting in, Scotty. My normal show, Hans and Scotty, remember, coming up on Thursday, we'll be live at My Hearing Center in Sandy, 8941 South 7 East, Suite 204, coming up again on Thursday from noon to 3.
0: Shouldn't the show have been called Scotty and Hans? No, no. Hans is
2: the guy that makes that thing go. I'm just I'm just a ride around for riding the coattails, man.
0: It doesn't matter. You've always been a team guy. You don't. Well, I don't. No,
2: it doesn't matter. And Hans doesn't care. We just kind of flipped a coin and off we went.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, listen to it. That's the main thing. Yeah,
2: we we have a good time Uh, every day from noon to three, as you do as well with uh, Jake Scott, Roxy Bernstein. We hope we will join us here in a second. We're live here at Marley's Gourmet Sliders, thirty-five sixty-one West, one hundred and fourteen South, here in South Jordan. Uh, you come by and say, "Hey, uh, Scott and Gordon told me to come on by, and they will." When you pick up a combo meal, they'll pay for the fries. Actually, little known fact: Gordon is paying for the fries, um, but uh, but you, my friend, will get the fries for free. Yeah, and that was incredibly generous on your well.
0: part do what I can. It's the least you could do. I guess so. And if Roxy doesn't pick up the phone this time, we're going to have to go back to biblical talk.
2: And nobody it, wants that. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, Roxy was supposed to join us in the three or four o'clock hour, and he didn't. And we spent about 15 minutes talking about the impact that Moses would make for either one of the teams. Yeah. No pressure, Roxy. You got to come
0: through for us. Uh <clears throat> Yeah, okay. Well good. We don't we don't have to get into it.
2: Kind enough to join us from the Pac twelve network, Roxy Bernstein joins us. How are you, sir?
1: I'm okay. Sorry I was a little delayed. You know, I have am a sports injury that I'm dealing with myself, believe it or not. Yes, us us broadcasters can have one.
2: Uh yeah, I uh I, I'm out of breath every time I tie my shoes. So <laughs> I, I get it. I understand it. Scotty's yelling for oxygen. Get the tank in here. I'm I'm hurting. Uh oh. so are you on uh, This kid, asked, no thing
1: isn't isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> not not,
2: not Hey, we Hey, we Mandel who joined who joined us, uh, and I asked him if he was drinking the Utah kool the like a lot of other people of right now. I'll ask you the same. Are the on this uh, Utah bandwagon as far as what this team could be capable of doing this year?
1: Uh, I am. And, look, I know the AP poll came out today, and they have Oregon ranked as the highest Pac-12 team in the poll, but to me, Utah's the best team the the league. the the I think there are fewer questions to me about the Utes than there are about Oregon. Uh, And I was out there for the spring game. I I got to see it firsthand the talent that they have, and uh, especially when you look at what they have up front defensively. And to me, there's an easier path for them to win the South than it is for Oregon or... To win the North because you have Washington, you have Stanford, you have Washington State, who are all in the top 25 as well. And I think Cal's pretty good. So and I, when I look at the two divisions, I think Utah gets a m- much easier route to winning the conference than Oregon or who's ever in the North.
0: And they can avoid some of the toughest teams in the North as well. So you're right. That conference schedule does uh, lay out nicely for the Utes. It does. Other
1: than okay, they have to go to Seattle, which uh, will be a tough ball game when they play the Huskies, uh, and certainly revenge is on the mind of Utah, considering you know they played twice last year, including the championship game. But and the short week, but granted, it's coming off a game against Idaho State before you have you know a Friday night ball game at USC. But when I look at this team, and when I look at Utah and the returners that they have, with the starters back. And Tyler Huntley just looked different to me when uh, he looks bigger physically, which I I think will help him down the road Um, with Zach Moss back. And then hopefully Britton Covey returns back to health. I just, I I like what I see in both sides of the football. I think they're so balanced. Um, You know, Andy Ludwig coming back as the new offensive coordinator, but there's clearly the familiarity for Kyle Whittingham with Ludwig. So uh, I, to me, guys, I just think there's fewer question marks about Utah than there are about other teams uh, in, in the Pac-12. And then to me, and when I look at especially the defensive front, some, somebody's going to have to do something very impressive to convince me otherwise that Utah is the team to beat right now in the Pac-12. There,
2: is a, uh, there was a conversation last year about uh, Uh, Washington needing to beat Auburn they didn't and it kind of hurt the conference Oregon now gets Auburn how important is that game in your eyes I think it's huge in a lot of ways
1: the same as it was last year and look people wrote Washington off after week one when they lost that game in Atlanta so this game's in Dallas which I think is a little bit more neutral site still a lot closer to to Auburn than it is to Eugene but it's, it's not just that game, guys, but you look around the early part of the conference schedule and it's more, yes, that Oregon game, I think, is the number one game that people are talking about just because of Justin Herbert and what the Ducks have. But when you look at the schedule and USC and their schedule the first six weeks of the year uh, and when they're going to play you know, Notre Dame in their sixth game and you open with Fresno State, Jeff Tedford's done a great job there. And how difficult that schedule is. And, of course, they're going to play BYU as well. But ASU going to Michigan State early in the year. UCLA with games against Cincinnati. San Diego State and Oklahoma. Even an Arizona matchup with Texas Tech, I think, is important for the league. Um, Nebraska visiting Colorado. I mean, all these games, when you look at the non-conference slate, Stanford playing Northwestern and Central Florida. The Pac-12 needs, I think, to show strong in these games and come away with some wins.
0: That South Division, Roxy. How long can Utah hang out at the top of this thing? How long will it take USC and UCLA, uh, for instance, under Chip Kelly, to get their stuff together and uh, start to uh, you know move up?
1: Well, I think UCLA will be better this year. They what three and nine last year. But I don't know if it will translate into wins just because how difficult their schedule is. And, uh, but they have so many starters back, so many young guys got experience for them. I do believe they're trajecting upward. And with USC, the hot topic around the Trojans, not just, you know, is the job status of Clay Helton, is he on the hot seat, but also the, the complete change in philosophy offensively, where USC had been more of a pro-style offense, where now they're opening it up and they're going with the air raid, and I, I think there'll be a little bit more balance in their addition of the air raid than we see at schools like Washington State or Texas Tech. But the, the talent level is there with USC, and there's cautious, there's cautious optimism, I think, for the Trojans that they could be better this year. But when you look at that schedule and the way it lays out in the, the – rumors swirling around Helton and his job status, it's going to be difficult for them just because of how hard that schedule is. And if they can somehow get through the first six games and let's say they're 4-2, and which would, I think, be a tall order if they can do that, but they're going to be in a really good spot come the back half of the season considering the way the schedule shapes up for them. But those first weeks are going to be so difficult. And we all know... Yes, okay, Utah might have the best team, but USC's got the best talent. They, they just do, year in, year out, but will that talent come together? Last year it clearly didn't. They were 5-7. and seven. Let's see how it progresses this year, but uh, just from that standpoint, USC's got to put up before you can start believing in them as, as a football team.
2: Roxy Bernstein, kind enough to join us. One of the greats has called a ton of games. Uh, I know you get asked this all the time, but... Uh, How surreal is it calling a game with Bill Walton?
1: (laughs) Well, is it Bill Walton, the baseball announcer, after we saw him call the White Sox game the other night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just a basketball analyst? But it's so different than anything else I do, whether it's working a basketball game with Don McClain or Corey Williams or Karam Butler or a football game with Anthony Heron. Or, or Sean Farmer, whoever I happen to be paired up with. It's just different, and my preparation is different. And, but there's almost no way to prepare for him because you have no idea what's coming at you. We don't talk beforehand. We don't plan anything out. It's completely spontaneous and organic. And, like, for example, we'll be, let, let's say we have a Utah game, right, and we're going to shoot around. We will sit at opposite sides of the arena. He'll sit at one end, I'll sit at the other. He doesn't want to talk to me at all. And, like, even if I walk over, hey, Bill, how you doing? Save it for air, Roxy, save it for air. <laughs> and it's just like, come on, Bill, I just don't... save it for air. And then we go on the air, and it's pretty much the first conversation we're having all day is our open. And I have no idea what's going to be thrown at me. And, and at times it can be nerve-wracking. You know, for example, we were in, in China when that whole... Uh, UCLA situation happened a couple of years ago. And a lot of people were really nervous about what Bill would say. But keep in mind, Bill's as smart as they come. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And... So when he went out there and apologized on behalf of the planet Earth to the citizens of China, I couldn't stop laughing, and I had no idea what was coming, and it took me about 30 seconds to gather my thoughts after uh, Bill went on his little soliloquy. But it's it's entertaining. Just like the viewer at home, it keeps me on the edge of my seat. I have no idea where it's going to go next, And and I love every second of it, and I love... How unique that situation is to be working with Bill.
0: So, Roxy, I got to ask you this: my partner over here, he uh, does play-by-play for Utah State, and uh, last year Utah State had a remarkable ending in in a game against Colorado State, and Scotty uh, was on the call. And Austin, play that for Roxy, and I, I want to know whether Roxy has ever—if these words have ever crossed his lips or even come into mind during a game. What the hell just happened? Yeah. Pretty that- much every time
1: I sit next to Bill, that comes <laughs> yeah. into my my head. Yeah. I know the feeling. All right, good. Well, I think I think
0: you should go ahead and use that phrase, Scotty. You don't mind, do you? Oh no, no, feel free. You, you didn't trademark that, did you? I'm not, I'm not infringing
1: no. on
2: your copyright. No, no, no. Shirts have been made with what the hell just happened. None of that.
0: I think it was perfect for the moment. I will Roxy. say this:
2: it did it did make SportsCenter. And I got a phone call from my mom saying, "Can." Can you just not swear on ESPN? That would be really great if uh, we do have, have to Would hear. have been okay with her if you said, what the heck just happened? I think that would have gone over a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. See,
0: but see, Roxy, the moment called for it because there was such confusion at the end of that game. It was the perfect thing to say. And when you go back and listen to your calls, or I don't know if you do that or not, but if you do, do you critique yourself and say, uh, okay, I, I should have said something different than I did?
1: Oh, I watch every game. Yeah, I'll DVR it, and then when I get home, and I have more time for that in the football season than the basketball season just because I'm doing three games a week during the basketball season, but only one during the football season, so I have plenty of time. And not just as my prep for the next week is do a self-evaluation, but clearly get ready for the two teams I'm calling, plus – Keep an eye on the rest of the conference, but yeah, I, I, I go. Oh, I wish I said that differently, or I phrased that. I could have phrased that better. Should I have those those thoughts every time. Sure, and it, it, we're all kind of searching for that perfect broadcast that we're probably never going to have, but we're trying for it and we're striving for it. and That's the only way to get better. It's okay. Your coaches, you're breaking down film after games, right? You're doing the self evaluation to get ready for the next game. Well, we can do the same thing. And we can get better at our craft, and that's what I try to do between game to game.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Roxy, we appreciate it, man. Huge fan of your work and what you do. Keep it rolling. and look forward to catching up with you again here real soon. You got it, guys. Anytime. Happy to join you. Roxy Bernstein from the Pac-12 Network right here on 97.5, 1280 The
0: Zone. So I think you got the Roxy seal of approval there.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the one thing that I, that, that I was a little dismayed by, because some of these great announcers, like Bowler is so good at, like, reaching down for that, like, that next level when things really get exciting. And, and I go the other way. I go high. Like, I got that weird <laughs> Peter Brady breaking my voice, which really drives me nuts.
0: Does that happen frequently?
2: Uh, when things get exciting, yeah. And that's something I'm like, this whole offseason, I'm like, what do I do to try to not sound like a 14-year-old middle-of-puberty kid when something <laughs> the exciting the happens? What just happened? Say right there on the hell, you yeah, know? But,
0: yeah, but it sounds honest. It <laughs> sounds real, authentic, cuz you wouldn't plan it that way. <laughs> I don't mean that as a criticism. It sounds but...
2: like 14-year-old Scott Gerard when he never mind, I'm no, sorry.
0: <laughs> I don't want to hear about 14-year-old Scott
2: Gerard. I'm just saying like the voice cracks every now and then I'm like, "Come on, you got to you got to be better than that."
0: <laughs> I, I really liked it. I thought it was I thought it was excellent.
2: All right, coming up next we continue to talk a little oh my uh, God, BY... Kel. Yeah, that's that's another story. <laughs> I'm well, sure you've heard that one. No, tell everyone. Do share. Oh, that uh, we'll tease it. I'll tell you on the other side. Okay. Live here at Marley's Gourmet <laughs> Sliders, 3561 West, 114 South, here in South Jordan. This is 975-1280 the zone. I 275 1280 the zone and the zone sports network Gordon Monson Scott Gerard wrapping up uh, this hour. Uh, we'll talk more Utah BYU coming up. Hey, make sure to join the energy and excitement at Vivint Smart Home Arena holding a hiring event to fill a variety of part-time positions including jazz games and concerts taking place August 22nd through the 24th at the Zions Bank Basketball Campus in Salt Lake City. You can apply prior to the event at lhm.com/careers under the Vivint Smart Home Arena section. Walk-ins also welcome during the event as well.
0: Now, Scotty, I'm all ears because I got to hear. That, it's
2: not that a story. G- it's not that great of a story. Well, but it's but it did come with a nice little soundbite. So <laughs> I recreated it on the air once, and then it's never died as much of our sound bites do. So I was a freshman in high school, and um, and when we would end a practice at football, you got to say, you know, you go and like every like. Who do you love? And you yell your team name. Who do you love? And then, who are we going to kill? And then you talk about, your, you know, yell out, like, if you're playing the Bulldogs, like, who are you going to kill? Bulldogs. You know, stuff like that. Anyway, one person got to do it, do the yell. So, you know, I'm just a freshman. I'm just happy to be there. And uh, one of the, and, and and I don't know what happened, but the coach goes, Gerard, you get to lead us. So I'm like, okay. I'm 14 at the time, maybe 15. I, I can't remember. And so I get up there. I'm like. Who are we gonna? Who are we gonna? Who are we gonna kill? But my voice goes on me like who are we I totally—that's what it sounded like right there. <laughs>
0: this is the and, Vienna, I'm, Vienna and I'm seeing a boy's choir. I'm screaming
2: stuff. it out as loud as I can. And the, and every time, I, and you do it like three or four times. And every time I do, it, I'm thinking, okay, if I yell louder, it will get better. <laughs> And it got worse. And it got, worse. Oh, and it you got, got kill. worse. And by the time, like, it's supposed to get everybody all fired up and ready to go. And, and everybody's just laughing at me. <laughs> it's like Adam Sandler, no, they're all going to laugh at you. And it was just, it did no good. And so I was it never, didn't
0: have the desired effect. No,
2: and I was never asked to do it again. In fact, I got put back on JV and said, go away.
0: Well, when did your voice turn into the voice you have now? Oh, that it took a couple of years in the making. But fortunately, by the time you were
2: 17, was it there? Yeah, yeah, you know, finally we got there, but it it (laughs) took a while.
0: It took it. It wasn't an easy process. Even now, with the tones that you have, if you get too fired up, it will break
2: on me again, as many Utah State fans heard over the last couple of years. So you go falsetto. So it's not intentional; it just happens. And so I got—I don't know—I got to talk to Bowler. I got to talk to somebody about how to how to fix that. Because nobody wants some guy sounding like
0: who are we gonna kill in the middle of a <laughs> of a of a touchdown call. So does this happen at home? Like, do we need to talk with Jenny about this? Because I just wonder. Wait a minute.
2: At what point am I gonna break? My voice gonna break at home <laughs> when I'm know. yelling at the kids?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I know
2: where you're going with no, this, I'm and not you going, need to I'm calm down. I'm
0: not going anywhere with it. I just wondered if you know the emotion kicks in, and then you know everything falls apart. I'm like, do the dishes? No, I'm not. It's not gonna happen. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so I just can't see Mr. Gerard being overly impressed by the, you know, the, the soprano voice. You talking about my
2: dad? Yeah. Oh no, no. He cringes like no son of mine would ever sound like that. <laughs> All right. That wraps it up for us uh, That's this what hour. what
0: your mom would say about the whole thing. Yeah. Right?
2: We'll Cause... talk more Utah BYU coming up next. Also, Stuart Mandel. And uh, as we continue to talk rivalry game, which, by the way, I think we can just flip the calendar right now, nine days away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do it. One more day closer. Yeah. And then uh, we'll see if Moses shows up in anybody's locker room. That would be newsworthy, to say the least. I Sam's us ha- the Red Sea parts.
2: Sam's hanging out with us from Marley's Gourmet Sliders, 3561 West, 114 South, here in South Jordan. I think that a lot of people come in and say, okay, I'm supposed to try these milkshakes, and then they actually try them and fi- say... These are even better than I thought they'd they be.
4: They are spectacular. Absolutely the best milkshakes in the world. <laughs> do you guys do something, like lace it with heroin or something? <laughs> That's like That's exactly <laughs> <do> our secret. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> no, you've really got to come down and try our uh, Cookie Monster milkshakes. We got them blue for BYU, and we got red for, you know, the Utes. So we were just given
2: milkshakes, and Gordon was given a blue one. I was given a red one. Some guy comes in, looks at Gordon, the blue milkshake. He's
0: like, I knew it. I knew you were a BYU fan, right? yeah, and I said, "Talk to the people in Provo and see what they say about that." But I'll tell you, I don't know if there is medicinal something in here or whatever, but uh, they can't get enough of it. No, not at all. Uh, and
2: then uh, the sliders are just incredible. You can go bacon, onions. Uh, you can also go the killer chicken. I, that chicken one is is crazy. Yeah, I know everybody's talking about chicken sandwiches today. I'd put that up against anything out there. Oh yeah, one of my favorites. What? Uh, if there's uh, and and then the fries and if you come on down here you get a combo meal
4: they'll give you the fries for free what makes these fries what was the design of these to make these as good as they are I think people looked at the potato and like wow I can't gnaw on all that so we cut them down as small as possible we got our shoestring fries and you know what they're the best
0: but how do you reach that that crispy yet tender kind of taste to it the texture well, okay, I think it's you? just
4: the structure of the fry we put them in oil and you know they don't don't Bake like a big old fry. They get crispy like a nice small. Look at you, Guy Fieri. That was impressive. (laughs) I like it.
0: Well, I'm telling you, Scotty, you're the one that can talk food like no one else. How would you describe that? Uh, A little more, a little slice of
2: uh, baked gold is what those are. Oh
0: yeah, I I like it. There's no way you could replicate this at home. No,
2: no, not a chance. No, you can try all you want. You cannot replicate how great this fry is. Single-handedly. The best fry of any restaurant I've ever been to. And
0: he's from Idaho.
2: And I'm from Idaho. I know potatoes. Just, just... That's, that's saying something. Yep. Yeah. I grew up on a farm, so I know exactly what, what we're talking about. All right. Uh, and then breakfast, too. If wants to come down here in the morning, they can get hooked up with breakfast, too. Oh, yeah.
4: And, I mean, I would highly recommend coming down on a Saturday. We have our fresh cinnamon rolls. They're mm. to they're die for. And so Saturdays are the cinnamon roll day. Oh, yeah and get as many as you want. They're, they're
2: oh, seriously the best. Awesome. Get down here. Marley's Gourmet Sliders, thirty-five sixty-one 61 West, 4, uh, 114 South here in South Jordan. Sam, thanks for letting us hang out here. We yeah, of course. It. Thanks, thanks for coming Sam. down. Continue on next, 97.5, 1280 to the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. All right, wrapping up another edition of the show, Scott Gerard, Gordon Monson. Thank you. You finally
0: got it right. Finally, the last segment of the show, and we finally got it right i tell you scotty i've been i'm polishing off these marley's uh gourmet food and i am fully satisfied cannot thank these guys enough for letting
2: us come out here marley's gourmet sliders uh open uh, 3561 west 114 south also open in linden as well that's the original location and you still have plenty of time to come down here mention the zone and they'll hook you up the free fries with a combo mill so a lot of Utah and BYU talk today,
0: yes, yes, breaking down Utes and Cougars. A lot of questions, a, a lot of answers yet to find, uh, obviously, but the game's 10 days away, yep. Scotty. That is pretty exciting to think about. And you're, okay, to, to put a wrap on it, the biggest question heading into this game, and what's the answer to it?
2: Uh, well, if I, I, I don't know the answer to it, but I would say um, Utah's offensive line, uh, BYU's running backs, I think, are still a question mark. Tyson, we expect to play well. A lot but of
0: people like him. They, they do. I talked to some players down there, and they say this kid is good. So I think that you'll
2: see BYU try to run the ball. Can BYU run the ball in Utah? I don't think they will, and I think that'll be the difference. In so the you
0: game. don't think that BYU offensive line is up to the task?
2: I think I think BYU's offensive line will be up to the task against a lot of opponents they play this year. I do but not, not this think. Flip. They'll be able to – I just think Utah's defensive line is just too good. Again, it's the rivalry. We just don't know, though. We Le- just don't know.
0: Leckie Bradley and I, and John Penasini.
2: Just – I mean, the, and, and they've got, they've got they horses got, behind them, yep. too. So, uh, to me, that's going to be the difference in the game. And their ability to keep Zach – because remember, Zach Wilson uh, ran the ball, I think, 14 carries for over – he was a leading rusher in that game.
0: Oh, was he? he and, uh that.
2: and uh you And they're not going to be – he's yeah. not running the ball in this game. You can't with that surgically repaired shoulder. So you take him out of the running game, um, and then if you took his rushing out of that game last year and just focused in on the running backs and the fly sweeps that they did, BYU was only picking up 2.5 yards of carry. Hmm. If, they, if they get 2.5 yards of
0: carry this year against Utah – it's going to be a long, long day. One of the real interesting aspects for me, Scotty, is can BYU find playmakers? Can they find some guys to break off big yardage? Because against that particular defense, how difficult is it going to be if they pick up three and a half yards a try? Yeah. You know, are they going to be able to march down the field again and again? Are they going to break off some 40, 50-yard plays? And I, I don't know where that's going to happen, where that's going to come yeah. from. All right, that wraps it up for us. Uh, big thanks to uh, Marley's Gourmet Sliders
2: for letting us hang out here, 3561 West, 114 South. Uh, you're back at it tomorrow. Do you know who your uh, rotating co-host is tomorrow?
0: Uh, Austin says it's DJ. Ah, so little David James. Fun. Yeah.
2: So you won't have to talk much tomorrow. <laughs> just wind up Hurricane DJ
0: and get the heck out of the way. Have you noticed that on DJ and PK, the timing of that show is just so... You pass
1: aggressive little punks.
0: PK just sits back and waits for DJ to say something. Yep. And then he makes fun of what DJ says. And then they go from there. Rinse and repeat for 15 years. (laughs) It's awesome. Oh, it works. I know. I love it. It's a thing of beauty. It's absolutely Somebody's idea, somebody who's here right now, it was their idea to put that show together.
2: I'm thinking it was Ian Furness.
0: Oh, this is is painful. (laughs)
2: All right, that wraps it up for us. Coming up next, or coming up tomorrow on the show, uh, David James joining Gordon Monson right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.